Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and Steve Ditko created Spider-Man, X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and the Avengers, timeless characters whose stories were retold in the modern day with the creation of the Ultimate Marvel Universe. Join us as we journey through My Ultimate Year. Hello and welcome to My Ultimate Year, the comic book reading club where we're going through the entirety of the Ultimate Universe one comic at a time. I'm Zach, your comic book journeyman, and I'm joined today... <laughs> that was really belabored, as if I don't say the same exact words every time, but I was trying to think of something new in the moment. Yeah, you were really <laughs> questioning your identity there, and it was a... Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> go ahead. I'm like, uh, my name is Zach... And today I'm joined by <laughs> Charlotte, the comic book Rainbow Belt, and we are moving into moving out of the J- Jonathan Hickman Ultimate Universe that we talked about last week with some uh, axe murderer who uh, who held us hostage as he uh, he wandered into the <laughs> recording booth. Um, we got rid of him. The comic book and- axe murderer. <laughs> yeah, the- <laughs> I'm Dave Busey, comic book axe murderer. Um, I did get a lot of good feedback on that last episode. I don't know if you've listened to it yet. But that uh, um, people no, I haven't. People all thought that there's something wrong with them <laughs> as they're listening to it because I oh, yeah. was alternating <laughs> oh, yeah. between theme songs uh, abruptly. That intro was something. Yep. Um, a lot of uh, am I having a stroke? Comments. <laughs> so um, yeah, but, here we uh, like we're, we're to mo- make our listeners feel like they're having strokes. That's uh, that's generally the vibe we want to give off. <laughs> Yeah, right. If you if you walk away from an episode of my podcast and you don't feel slightly neurologically damaged, then I'm not doing my job right. Listen, it's our job as podcasters to make you question your reality, okay? <laughs> Actually, you know what? My Marvelous Year also just had a moment like that where uh, the recording thing that we were using to talk about like distorted my voice Oh yeah, and right, right <laughs> in the middle of that. And I usually cut that stuff out, but you guys reacted so big to it because it was so weird. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, I left it, it in, and I'm sure that would also be disorienting <laughs> to listeners. So, this is actually kind of true. Like, um, so we're done with the Jonathan Hickman, <laughs> quote unquote, era of the Ultimate Comics. It really only yeah. lasts for, I mean, about a Probably year should. in real time, yeah. and something like eighteen, uh, twenty, twenty-two issues of Ultimate Comics. Um, between oh, yeah, Thor and Hawkeye, there's Hawkeye too. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, in the Ultimates, um, which is a bummer. We're all bummed about that. As we no. talked about last episode, but um, moving into some interesting stuff here. This is, I think, we have a little bit of a mixed bag, but we've got a lot of Spider-Man and a lot of X-Men, and I think all the Spider-Man is pretty good to great, I would say, at least for me. And the yeah. X-Men is pretty uh, forgettable. I don't know. I, I'm. I, I know people really hate this run. I couldn't really work up that much <laughs> antagonism towards it. <laughs> um, it's a little bit hard to talk about because I'm. I feel so nothing about it but we'll 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 get into it um before we yeah. do that if you want to support the show you can go to patreon.com slash my marvelous year and for five dollars a month you get early access six months early access to this show you get access to our slack um for a dollar a month you can get access to our master reading order but all the reading orders or what we're reading for this episode and for the next is always going to be in the show notes for free for everyone um reviews on apple podcasts is always welcome and i think uh, tell a friend Please tell a friend about yeah. the show. This is a great place to jump into Marvel Comics if someone's interested. And uh, word of mouth really helps out our show. Tell a stranger. Hope tell, it works. Tell, <laughs> a, tell a stranger. Start an ad campaign. Um, yeah, please. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People uh, people don't start ad campaigns, but we get a lot of like very sweet people um, recommending us on Twitter like that we follow. Yeah. I appreciate you. I, I see you when you do that. Um, I usually don't, uh, I don't respond to all those, but I always see that and appreciate it. Uh, okay, so let's jump into this with Ultimate Comics Spider-Man 6 through 12. So we're picking up from the origin of Miles Morales, which was in issues 1 through 5. And we're going to start out here with Brian Michael Bendis writing, pencils by Chris Samney, colors by Justin Ponsor, letters by Corey Petit. And um, Samney's picking up from Sarah Pacelli for a little bit. She comes back. Um, yeah. 
a little bit. Uh, and just uh, just talk about the artist to start out. I uh, I really like Chris Samney's work here. It's very simple or sim- simpler in style than um, Sarah Pacelli's, like intentionally. Yeah. You know, um, but I, I really I really dug his style. Um, I don't know actually if I have that much more to say about it. Do you? Are you? <laughs> are you into this? Uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I do have to say, like, uh, I don't know that I missed Sarah Pacelli, but I, I really, really love Sarah Pacelli's art. So I, yeah, I was happy I, to see her back. I think it's it's nice. Uh, like, I'd be happy to see uh, Chris Samney uh, come back for a few issue, mm-hmm. issues here and there. Cause I, I think his uh, his style really fits. Uh, Osman Spider-Man, maybe not, it's maybe not like more cartoony, but it's more, yeah, simple, like you said. It's, uh, it's with a little the, like, like, do you know Elsa Chartier? Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's a little like her work. It's just um, like kind of solid, right? Solid yeah. and uh, suggestive of, uh, of detail more than like hyper detailed. Yeah. Um, but it feels very, yeah, it's very stylistic. And, uh, and I yeah. can see him like, like working really well with light and, uh, and color here mm. I, I could see oh i'm actually seeing that he did some thor and uh and daredevil um yeah oh yeah he did a long <laughs> part of mark wade's daredevil run is him so i bet that would be great so yeah excited to read more from him in the future but yeah when sarah pacelli comes back it's great uh i don't have enough good stuff to say about her work um the the like the drama that she rings out of facial expressions is really incredible um, yeah she she like like subtle facial expressions, which is something you don't see often. Like there's a um, there's a moment here where um, Aaron, uh, the Prowler, is facing off against the Scorpion, and th- it's this incredible little fight sequence where they're in the Tinkerer's workshop, and uh, Aaron is like picking up random tools and stuff to fight off uh, the Scorpion and his thugs, right? Like he has all these different weird uh, gadgets at his disposal, and he puts on the Vulture's wings. And, like, a really brutal and kind of exciting, like, violent sequence where he yeah. fires all these blades uh, into, in, in, in profile, you see them, like, stabbing through all these um, all these thugs. And, uh, and it's pretty violent, especially when you see that the scorpion is, like, being pierced with knives, like, through his head multiple times and is shrugging it off. And, uh, and Aaron is, like, terrified. Um, and you get these this close-up drawing of his face as he runs away that like is so suggestive like it doesn't need to say anything more and it doesn't need to overdo that he's terrified it's this this small look of fear in his eyes as he runs off that is like really powerful because it it looks like someone who's not used to being afraid right he's like used to being uh in charge of whatever situation they're in and she suggests so much just like just through the art she's she's incredible yeah it's like it's will how it's it's all in the details without being too much. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. very realistic and yet mm-hmm. simple style. That's mm-hmm. like, yeah. It's like, it yeah. also feels like uh, it almost feels like effortlessly s- simple in a way. That it's 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 incredible to see. Yeah, I mean, I I think just subtle is like one of yeah, the big exactly. the big parts that I like about it is that like like there's another sequence where um, in Spider Man where Nick Fury meets up with Peter Parker I think from six one six. And uh, and then he leaves, and there's just a quick like the camera stays on Nick Fury after Peter Parker leaves. You get a moment, and it's like, are those tears in his eyes? Like, it's just this slight yeah. little glimmer in his eyes that is not pushing like enough that you're not even sure, right? But you just it just looks like tears are starting to well up in his eyes at the thought mm. of Peter Parker being here, right? And like, I I just. That doesn't happen very often. Like where where you get a, a an emotion, like this is something you get with acting, <laughs> right? It's not something you get yeah. with comic books where you're like, he's not crying, right? And you don't see like big tears welling up in his eyes, and it's not clear, like it it is not broadcasting the emotion. It is it is existing in multiple. There are multiple things happening at once on one person's face, which is, I mean, something you don't see in comics because it's really hard to do, right? Like that yeah. is very hard to pull off. Um, and uh, yeah, she's she's just amazing. Um, so the the story of Miles Morales in Ultimate Comics seven through twelve. This is what I actually feel is his real origin to me. Um, yeah, like I almost uh, like I barely remember what, what happened in the first batch here. Um, like I remember he had a conversation with his dad about like how his dad grew up. Besides that, I was having a hard time like remembering like what kind of significant things happened to him. It was just him like getting a grapple like 
a grasp of his powers, I guess. Yeah, and it's also like a big time jump because he actually got his powers months, maybe years ago, when mm-hmm. while Peter Parker was still Spider-Man, and then it jumps to right. after his death when he becomes the new Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I think like, and this being the the story of him and his uncle Aaron, that feels like this is the story of his origin more than him mm-hmm. getting the powers and putting on the sh- the suit for the first time. Right. Yeah, because I mean that that is the like playing around with something new and the like logistics of being a superhero but that is not the like you know that won't be a motivating force for him and that is not like and and the motivation of him just seeing peter parker and being like i want to be like that guy oh it's not like that that is not an uncle ben moment (laughs) right yeah that that is that is not uh like a bruce wayne and his parents moment right like you can build in the same way that like peter parker's origin is not putting on the tights and going on going out uh hearing for the first time the the peter parker origin right. is the death exactly. of uncle ben right and this is the story of the death of uncle aaron here which yeah. i actually didn't know uh happened here right like this is this is all new for me um which is really exciting <laughs> like these yeah. are very exciting comics to read totally fresh not having any idea where they go especially having seen spider-verse too and seeing the ways that these do and don't pull like spider-verse yeah or these are not these are and aren't pulled into the Spider-Verse movie. Like a lot a lot is overlapped here. Yeah. But uh, I would say that they are closer to the Spider-Verse movie than the actual Spider-Verse comics. Really? Okay. I haven't read yeah. any of the, the real Spider-Verse comics, but yeah. I mean the, the the like the relationship with his uncle and his uncle's death is right there in the Spider-Verse, but yeah. it's not quite the same. Um here his uncle is much more of a bad guy, the prowler. Um, yep. <laughs> like his uncle I mean the, the way he murders the tinkerer is pretty nasty uh, yeah. I, was, I was genuinely surprised at that moment like he's just holding a gun like up to his eye and like questioning him <laughs> the guy's just like I don't know man what are you and then he just shoots a like mid-sentence uh, yeah. point blank and uh, it's kind of nasty and surprisingly nasty for a guy that I was like oh this is his uncle I guess like he is a yeah because really, I think th- in the in the video game and in the movie, which is which yeah. are, I think the versions the, that people might know best, uh, mm-hmm. they are more willing to make him more of a complicated character and less of a straight up villain. Mm-hmm. Where, whereas here, like he he is completely the villain and the person trying to to take Miles down the wrong path. And I think there is like that's it, it, not to say I think he's just like like he's boring and like obvious like the way that he's a villain i'm just no, surprised yeah. that he is that violent of a person here yeah um and you know it makes sense spider-verse would not have anyone shooting each other like point blank it's it's a I mean, movie. um do you remember how he dies uh i do not he's straight up shot by the kingpin is he Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this 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 is pretty violent, but uh, I don't. Yeah. yeah, I didn't remember that. No, I agree. I agree. Man. Yeah. Um. So the I, I guess the general thrust of this is Miles is still like you know getting his feet wet, uh, fighting fighting yeah. some bad guys, and um his uncle has made enemies with this version of the Scorpion, um, which is uh what, what's his name? It's Ma- Maxim not Maximilian Maximus Gargan. <laughs> it's the Max Gargan. Okay. Here. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, who who's this? Um. Mex- Mexican gangster. It's it's all a little vague. Um, yeah. That some like deal went poorly with. He went down to Mexico and this deal went badly. And uh, while he's in Mexico, Aaron, Uncle Aaron, finds out that Miles that there's a new Spider-Man and he puts it together because he had the the spider and he saw Miles get bitten. So he comes back and he's trying to coerce Miles into working with him slash for him, um, more or less to as Genki says to become his mob enforcer. <laughs> Yeah. Like Genki's like, I looked it up on Wikipedia. That's <laughs> <laughs> very, very cute. Um, and this is really compelling. Like that moment is when I was like, oh, this is getting really interesting. Right? Like he's got a family member who is now holding his identity hostage, saying that if yeah. you don't join me and help me, I'm gonna reveal this to your father, who is like mutant phobic, and he's going to cut you out, right? Like he might even call the cops on you. So he's blackmailing him into helping him. And it's it's just complicated because like Miles cares about his uncle. He didn't really know all this about his uncle before just now. Yeah. He's learning all these new things and he's not really sure like how far his uncle's willing to go, right? Like I don't think he's really aware for a while like quite how bad of a guy his uncle is. And neither are yeah. we really even him shooting the tinkerer does not sit, like there's a while through this that you kind of are like okay, yeah, he's like 
a jerk. Like this, <laughs> this is a bad guy, like holding a kid hostage for this. But like, yeah, you know, you you kind of think that there's still some kind of affection for Miles in here. Yeah, and that maybe um, like he's actually doing this to protect him in his own weird way. But uh, right, like he's yeah, like, you're gonna by the end it seems like and, his yeah. only his only reason for doing this is just to use Miles as a tool. Mm-hmm. I mean, he literally he threatens to k- kill Miles and drop his corpse yeah. off. He says, like, your corpse at your parents' doorstep, right? Like, yeah. and he is trying to kill him. Um, so all that, you know, in, in, you know, maybe that's just because Miles, like, kept crossing him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, ultim- ultimately what happens is that Miles h- helps him a little bit with the scorpion, helps him fight the scorpion. And then he really sees how much, like, Aaron is just using him and is not interested in him and how, like the it, it is just he, he's not he's not helping him take down bad guys <laughs> he is helping yeah. him like clear his territory right um yeah and which is which his, what's like, interesting which is it's kind of even if it's reversed it's like kind of a similar situation to what nick fury was doing with peter when he was uh like starting off as spider-man hmm uh what do you mean i mean kind of like Using him to be, grooming him kind of to be the to use him <laughs> sure. as an ultimate, you know. Mm-hmm. Except here, yeah. Aaron is doing the exact opposite. Use trying to use him uh, for his crimes, and it's right, yeah. And it's just it is it's interesting that uh, now uh, Nick Fury has been reversed, and now he's no no he was caring about uh, Peter all along, and he's uh, he's sad that he's dead. Well, well, to be fair, there there is something in the Ultimate Universe. Nick Fury is the most. No, yeah, um, it comes with like uh, the way different ways in which him. he's been written. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's rough with Nick Fury because you really have to like compartmentalize. Like, okay, when Brian when Bendis is writing Nick Fury versus when Miller is writing Nick Fury versus when Jeff Loeb is writing Nick Fury, like these are three different men, and you really yeah. have to like segment those apart. Like, no, no one else, Captain America, Iron Man, like no one else, you really have to like complete. Like, like there are different tones to those characters yeah. when they show up in Spider-Man versus the Ultimates, for sure. But it's never as drastic as Nick Fury, right? Like, yeah. um, I, I think Brian Michael Bendis, like, really likes that relationship between Nick Fury and Peter Parker. I do, too. So I, I think, yeah. like, that's something that he... Yeah, I think really if you strongly. only take them in Ultimate Spider-Man, I think it works, and that mm-hmm. now, after Peter's death, he, he has maybe gone a bit softer, at least he has been changed by having Peter die on him. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I agree. Um... It, it it is interesting though. I keep thinking like train this boy, right? If you're gonna let him do it, like <laughs> train him. Like you started this process with Peter Parker doing yeah. training. This one is even younger and more inexperienced. So like, yeah. where where is the like mentorship? Um, I actually think that's kind of a flaw here. I think that they. Yeah. And I, I think Nick I actually Fury think wouldn't... that could be a good role for Spider. I don't. I think he's, she's Spider Woman in this. Like just totally. Drew. Mm-hmm. That would be yeah. good role to to have her in the in the comic. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun, right? Like that, because that was a great idea that, you know, got tossed out by the death of Spider-Man. That was such a fun idea. I loved teenage Spider-Man being enrolled in, like, superhero school. Uh, It's it's really good. And especially, yeah, yeah, great idea. Um, So it it does actually, like, every time I see Nick Fury interact with Miles Morales, there is part of me that's like, why aren't you training him? Why aren't you, like, giving him, (laughs) you know, like, helping him do... If you're going to let him do this, why are you not training him? I I think that's a, a gap. Uh, here in these comics i mean it's just not what he, he doesn't even have like he doesn't even have web shooters he has nothing <laughs> i know i was uh, we'll talk about it later but i was surprised that that was not how spider-man ended i thought that's how that comic yeah. was gonna land is that he was gonna get the web shooters from peter parker i thought because i know he's gonna get web shooters eventually so i thought that was gonna be like you know a little bit of a uh, a handing down of the yeah. uh, the webs um with uh with Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, this ends with Miles refusing to help Aaron any farther, telling him, you know, he's he he, he says he's going to actually go, like, tell his parents himself. And then Aaron, like, kind of reads through that and shows up first and, you know, basically isn't going to let him, like, confess the way he wants to. Honestly, he's going to, you know, blow yeah. his life up. So Miles tells him, like, he's going to meet him that night on top of this roof. And uh, I, I think he just, he refuses to help, right? Like, is that how that conversation goes? Yeah, I think he He's... just uh, he just says that uh, he, he got him here to, to avoid uh, risking his parents' life, but he's going to stop him right there and there, right there, mm-hmm. and, there and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and this leads to, like, Aaron is, like, furious, right? Like, he... Yeah. 
demands respect. He demands being, you know, like that, that Miles do what he say. And, you know, like the fact that Miles is like back talking him is, uh, is just infuriating to him that he's not, uh, kowtowing to him. And so, uh, this leads to a big fight where he blows up and he's trying to kill Miles. Um, and it gets really nasty. And, in the midst of this fight, he ends up blowing up a bus and uh, and killing himself. Uh, yeah. At least we think so, right? That's how it reads to me. Yeah, because we, we don't he... actually see the afterwards of the f- the aftermath of the fight, and then in Spider Man, mm-hmm. we get like one reference to to Prada maybe being dead, but it's not completely clear. So mm-hmm. he's probably dead, but like it's comic. So as long as you don't see a body, uh, and even if you see a body, you don't you can't be a good sure. point. Uh, I hope they don't bring him back because I think this is yeah. like. A good moment you know I, I think this is interesting and complicated right like i think miles is going to have this guilt on his shoulders you yeah. know it's going to be a, a source of guilt like uncle ben it is not a hmm it, it's interesting because it's not just recreating uncle ben no because right? once again it's, it's not, kind of reversed because here Miles is doing the right thing and by doing mm-hmm. the right thing that gets his uh, his uncle his uncle killed right um, i think this will like lead to him questioning if he should even be doing this right like yeah it's pretty directly I mean, he's not directly responsible, but him being Spider-Man is what led this to happen, right? Like, his yeah. uncle would be there trying to kill him if he was not Spider-Man. Um, so I, I can see this, like, weighing on him heavily. And, uh, yeah, it's very... I, I think this is really good. I think this is very engaging stuff. Like, yeah. the the dynamic with his uncle and his family um, really fleshes out Miles to me. Yeah, it, solidi- like, it solidifies him as a different Spider-Man than Peter Parker and being mm-hmm. able to completely stand on, on its own, which is like, yeah, we're, we're 12 issues in. I'm guessing the comics was uh, one month at a time, so we're probably a, a year in at this point. Mm-hmm. And now we have like a completely solid fight, uh, Miles, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is a really good foundation for the character in a way that like, you know, if it was just, if it was a little bit like Ultimate Comics Spider, or like the Peter Parker version that we'd seen <laughs> yeah. where it was like he you know he becomes spider-man we get the uncle ben and then it's just kind of a series of like him goofing his way through like villains <laughs> right yeah like uh him fighting kangaroo him fighting the the <laughs> ringer what's that guy's name um i think so <clears throat> omega red too yeah with right. omega oh. red with a cell patch i think uh, is important to omega to Re- omega red's used very uh really good comedic effect in yeah this comic, like, like that he's just kind of a big dingus that Spider-Man can take down, which is not the case in the and the he's just like Marvel annoyed at being taken down by a, a teenager. And there's a great joke here that really made me laugh, um, which is that Miles is like, oh, <laughs> like I like your costume. I almost wore the same one today, something like that. <laughs> and Omega Red's like, you said the same joke last time we fought, <laughs> which is, and Miles is like proud of himself that he like, yeah. He, he did the same banter that Peter Parker did uh, at the yeah. same time. But that, that's a great joke uh, that, like, <laughs> they went to the same stupid joke for Omega Red. <laughs> like, that, that's yeah. a really sweet moment of connection between the characters. I think one of the biggest thing when you're becoming Spider-Man is being able to, to do the same jokes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the, the main skill that uh, defines Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really good. Um, yeah. Yeah, anything else? Oh, uh, something else I do want to point out. And I only feel okay saying this because the this person has since quit comics entirely. But the <laughs> okay. covers here, the covers here are done by uh, oh boy, uh, Car Andrews. Yeah, and they are some of the worst, if not the worst, comic book covers I have ever seen. In my life. I don't even remember <laughs> at least that them, we've read for the, the club. They are yeah. Go look at uh like Ultimate Comic Spider Man number nine. <laughs> nine and ten are like disasters it, it's like it, he's using like digital tools and he's not particularly good at it so it just looks so f- like phony flimsy like well, the, yeah um, weird the texture of yeah, the costumes especially yeah. prowler prowler looks so doofy in these it's really funny i, I don't think it I looks think, that bad but it oh, does I think look kind of weird terrible <laughs> i think uh the 11's okay he does 11 and 11 yeah. is actually pretty good um but uh, yeah, they're, they're just just terrible. <laughs> I think I think these are kind of disasters. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Actually, they're up there with the um, the first few Ultimate Comics. I think Spider Man and X Men had those really bad digital covers initially, like yeah. twelve years before this. Do you remember those? Those like really phony, like CG Spider Man. 
Yeah, those were really bad as well. You know what? Actually, I, I gave him credit. Uh, number eight has the scorpion like strangling Miles, and uh, and I oh yeah like yeah. That one. And seven yeah, is okay. Good. All right, I'm looking through them. It's really just when he does the two Prowler covers. <laughs> um, anyway, he quit comics and he does like TV and uh, some small movies now. So um, don't feel bad <laughs> ragging on those comics as being like just terrible. But uh, there are other ones actually here that are pretty good. So I only noticed the bad ones. Um, okay, so moving on from that, we have Ultimate Comics X-Men Volume 1. Uh, wait. Oh, yeah, it is Volume 1 because it's not Ultimate X-Men Volume 1. Um, yeah. Ultimate Comics X-Men. And we read issues <laughs> 1 through 12 of this. Um, I think Ultimate Comics X-Men is going to go for 33 issues, which is not that many. Um, nope. Well, I, I don't know if that's this comic's fault or the fact that the Ultimate Universe is really not long for this world. Yeah. Um but this is uh, Nick Spencer. Uh, Paco Medina is here for the first half of these. And then it gets taken over by Carlo Beberi. Um, Babari? Beberi. Charlotte, can you tell me how to pronounce that? Uh, let me look it up. How, no, it's season? Italian. Just put on, put on it. Yeah, but Italian I have voice. no idea what's, Bab- what's, what's the word you're saying. That's like Barberi. Barberi. Barberi? Barberi. Where are the Oz? <laughs> B a r b e r i, barbari. Barbari. Oh god, that was really good. I'm really upset. <laughs> well, you can you can roll ours, but in fr- yeah, French is yeah, close I can't, to I can't Italian. Roll it on. All right. Well, that's how you actually say it. Anyway, <laughs> Paco Medina and Carlo Barbari uh, are here penciling this, and Nick Spencer is writing. <clears throat> Nick Spencer is uh, I know him as a longtime Spider-Man writer. Uh, I haven't read his work, but yep. I know that's like what he's pretty famous for. He wrote Morning Glories for Image Comics, and then he wrote a big S- Captain America run that was very yep. controversial. We're, we're not really going to get into, but like yep. the big secret, what is it called? Uh, secret Empire? Yes, right. The Secret Empire. Yeah. Um, so I think that's his legacy. I think people like his Spider-Man run. Um, Ooh. Is that, <laughs> Depends is that on what people. <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I know, I, I know the like. I think the it's Captain pretty America divisive. One. I think a lot of people okay. like it, and mm-hmm. a lot of people highly dislike it, or or are at least quite bored by it. By it. Mm. Okay. All right. And then uh, Secret Empire, I think, is pretty widely maligned. Uh, although I think like yeah, the 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 temperature has cooled a little bit on it. And now people are merely like, yeah, it's just not a very good storyline. Rather than like, yeah, this is actively offensive and anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, like, that all sounded a little uh, hyperbolous to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is... That, that's what I know him for. Um, he's here writing Ultimate X-Men for a while. And it is... I, I have a hard time feeling anything about this. You, I think you are more strongly negative on this than I am. I'm not negative, and, and I don't Probably. think it's... I wouldn't say these are bad comics. I think these are comics that just, like, I cannot... We've read 12 issues. I don't really know what the core of this story is. I don't really know what... Yeah, the, this could have been five issues, I think, very easily. It could be less. But I, I, I yeah. just never exactly knew what the point of this new series was. Yeah. Like, it's a little... Un, not a little. It's very unfocused. The characters are pretty unfocused. The characters are and very undermotivated. Especially the villains, I think. Because it's mm-hmm. very yeah. hard to get what's going on and who's in because overall we are meant to think that quicksilver is probably the the driving force and he has an actual plan and then it's revealed that he has no plan and he thinks he's doing he thinks he's saving mutants and that uh, in the end all mutants uh, will celebrate him and he's doing that by making sure the u.s can kill every mutants that they want and he he doesn't realize how that that might not work. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really understand why. Yeah, he the, didn't the get plan what was makes no on. sense. And then behind you have the you have the threats of the are they the reavers? I can remember all the, the purifiers. All what what did you say? The Nimrods. Oh yeah, you have the, but like the humans with striker. I can remember that like uh, yeah, the purifiers yeah, that, or the reavers or like mm-hmm. some. Mutant hating group, mm-hmm. and so basically, the son of William Stryker is going around in a sentinel suit and um, making mutants humans and then killing them. I think, yeah, that I mean, the thing is, like, it's playing okay. So, there's, there's one big thing here, which is that in Ultimate Secret, it was revealed that mutants were created 
in the yeah. Ultimate Universe with Wolverine as being the first mutant. They were creating in a secret government facility in Canada. It's like the Alpha Flight thing. Um, or I guess it's Weapon X. Weapon X. Everything yeah. points to Alpha Flight. Just Alpha Flight is always involved. Um, <laughs> in all comics forever. Every, <laughs> ask me about a comic. I'll tell you why Alpha Flight is important to it. Um, it's, uh, yeah, mutants are created, which largely throws the mutant metaphor out the window right uh, I, 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 at least it should <laughs> yeah, sure because he's going because spencer is going all in on the mutant metaphor <clears throat> for good or ill for ill or ill i guess you you think he's going all in on it i mean because the or at least he's using imagery of um real life discrimination and marginali- marginalization to talk about mutants so may- um, maybe it's like <clears throat> he's doing the opposite of the mutant metaphor i guess yeah, I mean, I guess the like the parents killing their child right at the beginning. Yes, that... the concentration camps also. Yeah, I guess that's that's true. I guess they're you know yeah yeah they're like the what did they, I can't remember what they call them but yeah they're kind of internment camps. Yeah, um, and like overall the idea of uh, of um, and I, I think like that's a mutant metaphor for queer people. The idea of the of Christians considering that. Um, Basically, queer people are sinners, and being queer is a sin, and you can mm-hmm. be saved from that sin. Like, you, you can be loved as a queer person, but being queer is still your sin. Sure, yeah, right. Hate the sin, love the sin, or yeah. hate the sin. Um, yeah, exactly. The, I, I, I guess so. I can see that, but I think this is so muddled that, like, I don't even really see that necessarily. I think it's, like... I don't think using... it's done well, but I think it is the intention. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, th- I think you, you're, you're probably right, because it's, like... That doesn't really add up here, right? Because this is something that is still done to people. There's there's no talk about this being a choice, right? Like, yeah. you know, if he had leaned into that, then maybe I'd think that a little more. I, I think maybe it's just confused <laughs> more than anything. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, like, I'm not one who's always in love with the mutant metaphor because I think it's often, like, I think it's very rarely used in any sort of, like, truly... Uh, like expressive of real world discrimination that is not kind of a white person's looking yeah, in. Yeah, because it's rarely I, used by someone who actually has something interesting to say from an interesting perspective about discrimination, real right, world exactly. discrimination. Right, right. So like, like, it's we talk, mostly uh, used as flavor for fantasy, fantasy and sci-fi stories. Right, exactly. Which is why like God Loves Man Kills, the like the lynching that that starts out with, like yeah. strikes me as really sour. Right? Like that doesn't work for me, and that a lot of people read that as very powerful, and I read it as, um, like taking something very serious and using it. For and this their... is like this is kind of ultimate. God loves man kills in some of the the story elements, and yeah. it's worse yeah. than it. Yeah, um, yeah. It, we were just talking in my marvelous year about the um the scenes of um what's a uh Cannonball's sister's name Guthrie uh Ooh, um something Guthrie. Page, yeah, Page Guthrie, thank you. Page Guthrie, like, you know, dealing with the anxiety about the legacy virus and feeling like she's just doomed anyway, and so she's just, like, yeah. going out and getting drunk, right? Like, in the hands of someone who understands, like, the queer experience of someone living yeah. under the shadow of AIDS in the 90s, I think you can actually, like, really use that to great effect to show something, like, real and true and complicated and messy about, like, the lived experience of somebody living yeah. with that. Like living with the and fear like, of age. actually take the time to talk about it and not like not having it be one and done and then can go on to the next thing, right? Yeah, and, but it, it barely scratches the surface of that experience, yeah. right? So like I, that that's what I mean. Like the mutant metaphor, I, I I don't even know if even in all the time we've read my brothers here that I've read an example of that where I've been like, wow, that's like really well observed, you know, glimpse yeah. into what it is like to be discriminated against or what that discrimination really can look like. You know, I, sometimes think, sometimes it's okay, but I just... I, you it mean very that Kitty Pride saying the N-word isn't a great representation? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> how could I forget that, you know, when the X-Men say Muty is just like saying the N-word, that I yeah. go, mm, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so even when I think it's not, like, offensive, I, I very rarely find it, like, that powerful. Yeah. But, you know, uh, people do, you know, not to take away from, like, people, especially kids, right? Like, who it's for, right? If you're, like, a 13-year-old person, a uh, minority, reading, you know, Claremont's X-Men in the, the 70s or 80s, you know, I'm sure, like, yeah. that stuff probably could, like, really speak to you. Yeah. Um, I think where I have the most problem with it is yeah. using the, like, visuals or, or words that have to do with 
very brutal <laughs> real life uh, things like that and just using it as flavor and not delving into it just having it mm-hmm. i mean specifically yeah. here i'm talking about the very first scene of the run which is Jean Grey, like, it's the classic X-Men scene of Jean Grey going to a house where a mutant teen recently got their powers, and mm-hmm. she's talking to the parents, uh, like, uh, we, we can take care of her at the Xavier Institute, we can help her, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then the scene devolves in, you realize that uh, the father is upstairs with the daughter, and the father is basically, he just shot her and killed her, and he's coming back downstairs uh, to say, like, it's done. Now she won't have to suffer anymore. It mm-hmm. is horrifying. Like, it made me stop reading, like, take a pause for, for five minutes. Because, yeah, it, it is horrifying. And, yeah. and then it's done. And then you never hear about that scene again. Yeah, well, th- I mean, there's not even any conclusion to, like, oh, did he no. get in trouble? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> no. Like, it's just, like, don't Jean even... Grey looking very... <sighs> She's like she looks scared and horrified, but it's, there's not that much of a strong response on it. And then you, and then it ends. And there's nothing more. Yeah, to and it. then it moves on, and weirdly moves on just from Jean Grey. Period. Right? Like I don't yeah. even think we see Jean Grey again for like eight or nine issues. Yeah. <laughs> like she is not a part of this. It's very strange how uh, she opens up this, and then like this is not the focus. The focus is not her recruiting X Men. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's very odd. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, although, you know what the thing is, like, this is so do you know, like, God loves man kills, right? Like that lynching scene at the beginning is very, yeah. Like, I, I think it's very well done. It's very evocative. Um, so I, I think that's more effective, and so that like hits me harder when I think that that like dissonance is, is there. This is so stupid, <laughs> right? <laughs> that like I have a hard, like it didn't shake me or anything, or I didn't really think much yeah. about it because it's just so dumb because like he literally he comes down in hunting gear <laughs> like he's yeah. wearing his hunting uh vest with a shotgun it's like he literally put on like his i, I was like why did they draw him in hunting clothing <laughs> like he put on hunting. but like we're, we're also like 30 30 years removed and i can get why people respond to this more strongly because we're like oh we're still doing this really in 2000 like i think 20, 2012 this was probably mm, yeah um yeah Wait, we're 30 years removed? From God Loves Men Kills? Oh, what, what oh, yeah. 80, 83? Sure. I think. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I guess, like, you know, the, the comic just didn't show me that it was, like, this is a serious adult comic doing something serious. Yeah. It, it immediately set me on my back foot by being like, no, this is this is a comic that's going to do big, serious things for dumb reasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's try to untangle some of the threads here. Striker is a, a reverent, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, you're right about Striker. The villain is totally like it, the motivations here. It, it, it's just kind of grabbing the like the flavor of real world villainy, <laughs> yeah, lack of a better word. But like, so he's just obsessed with talking about like sin and you know uh, forgiveness and pe- people being you know. Uh, yeah, forgiven for their sins or everything, but like it's not is it, is their sin just that they have mutant powers? Is their sin that they like having mutant powers? Right? Like it, it's unclear. It's just I I think it's yeah. just kind of grabbing it. Um like like it's got the texture of being significant without any of the actual yeah. um form. Yeah, and like you said it works even even worse with uh, the idea that mutants were created in a lab. Like mm-hmm. they, so the mutant gene is basically talked about like being a, a virus that kind of spread out of the out of the lab and into the population. And yeah, it it really doesn't work. And I th- and I know that Nick Spencer didn't actually plant that seed. Um, but yeah, yeah, it ends up with a very 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 muddled story that uh, doesn't work with the themes that it's trying to to. To, to talk about well you know I, I gotta say like brian michael bendis really did throw a bomb in the middle of the x-men <laughs> comics was it bendis so, like, a, hmm? was it bendis what? i was I, i'm not sure if it was bendis or Loeb. uh that was bendis on the the secret okay. ultimate secrets yeah i'm almost positive uh that the, those comics are him because they, they weren't know, like, like terrible that's Remember, we that time of if, ultimate if comics Loeb, i feel been, like, like jeff Loeb was writing everything i know he wasn't <laughs> no i'm, I'm almost positive way. those are because <laughs> if it was Loeb, it would have been like awful embarrassing like over the top oh like, we, we thought it was <laughs> you know, mostly it unnecessary oh, no, but it wasn't like no it's not oh ultimate God, secrets because that was part of galactus yeah what was it ultimate yeah, right. origins is it origins okay 
Yeah. Because I was looking at Ultimate Secret and was Warren Ellis and I was like, was oh, it Warren sorry. Ellis? Yeah, yeah, I keep saying so. <laughs> I'm glad you, I'm glad you, uh, you looked that up. Um, yeah. yeah, so he really did throw like a grenade in the middle of the X-Men line <laughs> with this. Yeah. Which um, I don't like envy having to deal with, but like, I don't know, maybe you should deal with it besides like, yeah, people are rioting, right? Which is not, I, I yeah. don't know. I It, it just not, unfocused, un, like the thing is it also is just kind of hopping. It, it, it does what Claremont does. So like... <laughs> does that thing where it's just like here's like five or six different threads and i'm just kind of tugging on each one a little bit yeah. more with each issue yeah because um, you have like you have um the kids like kitty iceman and human torch being like in the mm-hmm. underground and taking care of a few mutant kids then you have a focus on the purifiers or like whoever the strikers um christian terrorists are then you have mm-hmm. quicksilver at the white house with valerie cooper then you have Storm in a concentration camp, basically. Mm-hmm. But, like, a, a yeah. nice, a nice concentration camp with yeah, uh, John right. Walker like, being, like, a the nice camp. guy soldier. It's, it's, a, it's a, col- a collection of people camp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. then I think there's one more storyline that I'm forgetting about. Oh, yeah, there's Jean Grey, who's going to Tian, the city mm-hmm. uh, that yeah, we saw in... Um, in yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that's... Those are the five main storylines, which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And and the thing is, like, none of the characters that I like are acting in ways that are interesting. Like, yeah. Kitty Pride is not doing much besides being like, we should live underground. Rogue is, like, trying to betray uh, Stryker, maybe. Uh, the <laughs> Iceman yeah, Bob- I was oh, not okay on Ooh. which side Rogue was. Here's here's something I like about this comic that I think is pretty interesting. I'm Aaliyah's. <laughs> okay. Johnny Storm, who's hanging out with them right now because he lived yeah. with... Uh, Kitty and Iceman, him saying, oh, like, you were granted your powers in a lab, like, in a science accident? Like, so was I. I'm a mutant, too. And them being like, no, you're not. And he's like, no, I am. Like, I am. I think that's actually pretty interesting. Um, I don't know if he does anything with it, but I think the, like, co-opting of (laughs) a marginalized group's, like, culture is uh, is kind of interesting. Interesting to talk about. I mean, In theory, I agree, but it's also, yeah. like, where the mutant metaphor fails, which is, like, there isn't actually a mutant culture. Like, that's right. not sure. really a thing. You know what, and though? Also, I did read in Grant Morrison's X-Men run, they do this yeah. exact same thing, but to, like, yeah. greater effect. <laughs> so I think Nick Spencer might just be stealing it. Um, yeah. But I thought okay, it was so an interesting two, two things. Uh, first, like, also, Johnny kind of has a point. Like, it's it's kind of true that here, yeah, right. like, in the specific <laughs> of the Marvel Universe, yeah, That's mutants true. are basically the same thing as other superheroes, and you're right. basically undermining your metaphor here, uh, Nick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> and then, sure. I think you're right on the Morrison inspiration, because there's a lot of stuff. I haven't actually read Grant Morrison's uh, X-Men yet. I'm waiting for no, us I'm to get there in the club. The club. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do know that there are some stuff... I don't want to spoil, like, a specific words, which is, like, the White Heart Room and some stuff with the Phoenix that are hinted at here, and I know that that come from their run, from Grant Morrison's run. Um, so I, yeah. I I am guessing that uh, Nick Spencer is getting a lot of inspiration from Grant Morrison. Also, like, Zone and Zone are from uh, Grant Morrison. Mm. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> the stuff I like has just been, uh, like, lifted wholesale <laughs> from better comics, but... Yeah. Um, oh, and... I did, I did like that. Yeah. And then, like, you have X- Xavier is here, and also Magneto, oh, and yeah. also Cyclops, mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. Mr. Sinister, and why? Yes, right, he sets up all those things in ways that it's just, like, you barely, like, dealt... Like, like the thing is, there weren't arcs in any of these comics. No. <laughs> right? Like, I kind of just felt like... Stories just kind of fizzled and ended and got picked up again without much like fanfare. Um, yeah, yeah, really I couldn't tell you tell. like what happens in which issue. It's just one long mess. Yeah. Oh, see, just like I've been saying about the Claremont run this whole time. <laughs> see, the thing is that this run really the Claremont run works way better than this. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I think I think I think looking at this run really illustrates how badly the Claremont run is constructed and. Uh, if you don't like this, then you don't. You aren't allowed to like Nick, uh, Chris Claremont's run. I think uh-huh. is what I'm saying, and I'm gonna take that stance, <laughs> and no one will be mad at me for it. <laughs> um, no, clear, clearly, like Claremont has a lot more going on, and is much better. Um, although, if th- you want to respond com- to what Zach is saying, uh, you can find him at uh, my Marvels here on Twitter, and uh, just uh, go wild. 
<laughs> yeah i mean like <laughs> it works a lot better but that is you know a complaint i do have about claremont is yeah. that it is kind of just like a bunch of stories running at once and that he doesn't do issues very often which yeah. is uh i don't like that um let's see anything oh yeah there's a new wolverine son is here who's totally bland and does nothing for him. I'm not interested he, yeah in he's just wolverine jr which is kind of disappointing like, without any of the texture of wolverine like he's just yeah an angry kid but not like which is weird because he he wasn't behaving l- like wolverine really in his introduction in ultimate x i think it was well i oh, ultimate I comics forgot x that existed so I'm, i don't blame <laughs> him for that like i just forget that that existed i mean yeah but also it's you if you're just going to do junior wolverine said that's not interesting at all mm-hmm. like you could yeah. do way yeah. more yeah that's a good point um anything else not really i mean the you know the uh u.s agent is here <laughs> um, yeah but there's not much really interesting to say about them uh yeah it's just it kind of flounders around for like 12 issues and doesn't go anywhere yeah. um the thing and is like and it's at not... the end it feels like it's just going to be a teaser for a bigger apocalypse story like... right which is like who wants more apocalypse like yeah. yeah although you know i like the last apocalypse story okay um I just, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's yeah. just working on a lot of levels that, like, one, I don't care about. And then, two, like, it's just unfocused in the way that it's even discussing the things that it's doing, which, again, I don't care about. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of a mess. Uh, you know, I, I have come around. I've, I've gone from being apathetic to slightly antagonistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just talking nice. about it. Nice. I've won. <laughs> <laughs> thank you oh you know another thing i like about this although it's not this run that does it um kitty pride's <laughs> new uh outfit here her like red robe yeah the shroud outfits it rules it's such you mean a fun... the one she ditches halfway through the one she what she ditches halfway through uh does she she still has it later yeah. on i don't think she's like i think she 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 takes it off and she's like you know i'm not going by the shroud anymore i'll just use my normal name kitty pride <laughs> well and the, the cover to ultimate comics x-men number 13 has her on it with the red robe so okay that's what <laughs> me of it. yeah um you know art looks fine the uh the art's not great but it looks fine i think the art's okay here yeah. from both from both artists um no no real complaints about uh the art here um Oh, I will. No, one big complaint about the art. Uh, everyone's <laughs> everyone's sexy, um, including all the teenage girls, including Kitty Pride, is drawn all sexy like and like big boobs and shapely butt and like lots of like tight fitting <clears throat> belly t-shirts and stuff. Right. Uh, and drawn like very much to accentuate her curves while she's like actively like there's a panel here where it is <laughs> a close up shot of her ass and like tight leather jeans and then cuts yeah. to like kind of a yeah, sexy. Yeah, I, I don't think like I don't necessarily have problems with like the the. It's weird because like the way she's dressed, but it's also like the writers and artists deciding how she would be dressed. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not like as annoyed by how she looks or the way she dressed. Then like like you said, the focus on yeah, you you can draw like a teenage girl dressing and, in <clears throat> yeah. teenage girl clothes. That's fine, right? Yeah. Like, but these shots are clearly like pinup shots. Yeah, right? no, like, I agreed. <laughs> while they are saying like i'm kitty pry and i'm 16 and it's like next to a yeah. picture of her being like sexy and i'm like yeah you, you know <laughs> that's it's gross uh stop like drawing attention to both things at the same time okay so yeah that uh that's the ultimate comic x-men ending on a very high note glad we just got that out of the way so that now we can talk about what i think is a great comic I don't know if okay. you feel the same way, but I had so much fun with this, and it and it is just a little bit of like, I wouldn't like nostalgia fan service kind of stuff. Yeah, but like it worked for me. It worked really well, and that is Spider Man number one through five. It's Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli. Sarah Pacelli doing great work, like maybe the best that yeah. we've seen even out of the Miles stuff. Like really, really good stuff here. Um, yeah. And this is a little Spider Verse story first time we've seen a crossover into the ultimate universe oh i have to i have to completely sidetrack us for a second i'm sorry <laughs> go ahead the letters they they include the letters in all of the ultimate comics spider-man issues here which i think is yeah in, an intentional point because they're not including those letters on everything else right like i don't think at the end of x-men we no, have the yeah. letters page we don't get that you know elsewhere in the ultimate universe i think we're really just getting that from the spider-man one and i think it's because yeah. it was kind of a big historical moment right having a black spider-man and it's, um, it was also probably the most that. most um 
uh, most successful run at the time. Mm, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, I think they mostly keep the, like, I, I didn't see any, you know, racism, at least overt racism in the letters, yeah. right? Like, I'm, I'm not seeing any of that in here. You do see a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of fussing and complaining and crying that Peter Parker is dead here. Did you read through these at all? No, I didn't. Like, at least once per <laughs> letters page, there's somebody just being like, I've given you a chance. I read five issues of your comic, and so far you've done nothing to justify killing Peter Parker. A comic that was great and that didn't need, like, he didn't need to die, and I don't understand why you had to do this. Um, and, like, all, all the good comic writing in the world couldn't get you to, couldn't get me to understand why you had to kill off Peter yeah. Parker, you know, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man is the one that got me back into comics after being gone for 20 years and that, whatever. Um, it's so strange to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird reaction to me. Um, I, I don't want to, like, treat it... It's, it's it's not the same moral level whatsoever as the people complaining about it because they're like, oh, you're forced diversity down my throat, right? That, that stuff is yeah. genuinely nasty and, like, uh, has, you know, some, like, pretty troubling roots behind it. Um, yep. This is more just like kind of annoying and baffling to me uh, and very, I, I don't know. I, I mean, the thing is like, I see this impulse even in people who are not quite that like big and loud and, you know, angry about it, but the like, yeah. please don't change anything. <laughs> like yeah. I like what I'm seeing and you changed it. And now I'm mad about that. And I don't, well, I'm not interested. In there is something to the fact that we, we have said since uh, the death of Rebecca, like that, like, mm -hmm. It felt maybe a bit too early because we mm -hmm. were getting at a place where there there seemed to be interesting stuff coming up for Peter Parker and then it just ends. So I can I can get it on that level, like feeling like you're wasting the poten the potential of a character that seemed like it had a lot going going for them, uh, like with the state of where the character was at. Yeah. But yeah, it, like and also it's the the. The way a run, like, I liked Ultimate Spider-Man. I think it was a good run. It was mm, my favorite yeah. run of all time. And it, I think there's a, a an instinct to act as if a, a, every run that just ended was the, bet of all, the best of all time. And anything that's coming next will necessarily be a complete betrayal and way worse. Whereas, no, I mean, this, these issues of Miles Morales were among the best of Ultimate Spider-Man since the beginning. Totally. And, and the thing is, like, even that put aside, right? Like, the <laughs> being this upset about Peter Parker dying is very funny to me because, one, <laughs> we got 150 issues. That's insane. That's such, like, I don't know if it's 150, but it was close to that. It was yeah. quite a few. 20? 120? Um, yeah, 130 to 150, somewhere in there. Okay. Incredible. Crazy long run of Peter Parker yeah. Spider-Man. And then also you have like six one six still exists. He's still alive, right? Like that is you still have, a thing. Just go read at those. this point fifty years the... of Peter Parker comics. Exactly, there's fifty years of comics. The the like the comic book nerd thing of like I love this thing and I've loved it for fifty years and now you're changing it. It's like well go read those fifty <laughs> years of comics. They still exist. I, I just see that yeah. all the time of like something I like has changed and now I'm mad. That, Especially like, like Spider Man. Like of right. all characters, there's so <laughs> many. Have five animated the, series, three movies at so this point. Probably so Amazing Spider-Man coming up. You have video games. You have everything. He's one of the most famous characters of all time. He's everywhere at all time. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. So like that that impulse to like act as if changing like changing something moving forward somehow like yeah. invalidates the previous like decades at like half century <laughs> of comics. <laughs> It's so, uh, even if it's terrible, the thing is, like, we're talking about this and we have good comics, right? Like, it got replaced with something great, which is Miles. But even if it gets replaced with something bad, like, I, I think that kind of impulse to be like, I wish it had just stayed the same and I'm mad that yeah. it didn't stay the same. You know, because it's Especially like, Miles like, was it's bad. It's the same creator. It's still Bendis. You're still going to get the same kind of stories. Yeah, right. And this is why, like, Sins Past is a great comic. And, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I'm only... Well, actually, you know what? This is why Brand New Day is, I actually think, a pretty good comic. Uh, and why I, I do I do have similar thoughts to this, the exact same fussing uh -huh. about uh, One More Day and Brand New Day is this. I don't know if you've read those yet. I've read about them. I don't know okay. if I want to read them. No, they're fine. I don't... Like, they, they are not bad comics. That is, <laughs> They are only bad <laughs> if you are, like, 
you finally put Spider-Man in a place where, you know, I liked him for the past decade, and now you changed it for no reason? It's it's literally, I think it's that is the exact same impulse to me, um, of like, I like where he was, I don't want to see him change, right? Like, I, yeah. Because uh, I, I actually think the story itself is pretty pretty well written. But um, anyway, okay. I thought that was interesting. I thought we should talk about that a little bit because those letters pages yeah. are all features on Marvel Unlimited and it's such a big part. You know, and then like besides that, you know, I'm sure Fox News had all its talking heads about like, and they don't want you to think it's okay to have a white Spider-Man anymore. <laughs> like, they're teaching your kids that you can't be a white Spider-Man. <laughs> so like... <laughs> Outside of that, there was a huge cultural conversation happening that uh, sucked yeah. uh, and still sucks. So, um, yep. Yeah, everything sucks. Spider-Man 1 through 5 <laughs> is great. It's Peter Parker breaking through the multiverse. Use Mysterio, um, Mysterio from 616, right? Breaks through into Miles's. I think that, yeah, basically Mysterio from the Ultimate Universe was always an avatar controlled by the main uh, 616 version of Mysterio. Mm-hmm, right, which is a lot and of here, fun. Like, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun idea. And here, like, his uh, thing, his multiple thing uh, malfunctions and it sends Peter to the Ultimate Universe. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and he, it, I mean, it's largely an excuse, at least initially, to get Peter there. Yeah. Um, into Miles's universe. And, you know, that's kind of what it is. It's watching Peter Parker, our yeah. Peter Parker from 616, bang around the Ultimate Universe uh, and, like, you know, run into Miles, run into Nick Fury, run into Aunt May and Gwen, uh, Mary Jane a little bit, but not really. Um, yeah. It's fun. It's just it's just a good time. Like, I had fun watching it. It's fun to watch him interact. Like, Brian Michael Bendis' like, writing is, like, sharp and bouncy like this is he's at his like snappiest here like he's he's firing on all cylinders um which like when he does can be great and he does sometimes like there are times where yeah he genuinely like it's just like fun engaging snappy writing and uh and this is all just like it just works like the conversations between him and miles are really fun about like the misunderstanding initially them like having their discussions about what it means to be spider-man peter parker kind of just being curious about like what's up here <laughs> and yeah uh his conversation with gwen is really fun um him yeah. dancing around like what happened to gwen in uh in his universe but like <laughs> her reaction when uh he tells her that mary jane is a supermodel <laughs> in 616 <laughs> and gwen yeah. just can't let this go that's so funny um like she's taken aback she's like mary jane like with the red hair and the glasses really <laughs> <laughs> and and then later like she just keeps bringing it up and aunt may's like trying to shush her and she's just like okay but listen like right now if you like thought between the two of us who was going to be a model like who would it be <laughs> like, that's so funny uh, yeah yeah um yeah i don't know just, like, uh, i like oh, it, it didn't it didn't land for you as much huh no like i i get why you you really like it and i i didn't hate it i I think it was missing a bit of meat on the bone. Like, um, I don't know. I didn't need something stronger at this, more than just an excuse to have Peter meet Miles and everyone. And then that's it. That's the story. Mm-hmm. Like, what you think you're going to get is what you're going to get. There's not much more to it. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think I need something more. Maybe I also needed a stronger focus on Miles because this is really a Peter-focused story. Like, you don't mm-hmm. get really what's yeah. going on in Miles' head in reaction to that. You just, like, see him from the perspective of Peter and seeing, like, a younger Spider-Man being really excited about meeting him. But that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I needed something more. But it was still, it's, it was a fun read. Like, it's just, it is fun to have a, a more, a, an older uh, Peter get into this universe and, like, meet everyone and getting to meet uh, another version of Gwen and seeing how th- things are different. It is, it, it's fun. It's but Yeah, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say it's a great comic. <laughs> Increasingly, like, hedging how fun it is with the tone of your voice. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. I don't know. It's, fun. <laughs> like, you know, it's just fun. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I totally get all your like issues with it right like yeah. this is not i mean i also i think like i was because i know that people love this like people think mm-hmm. this is a great spider-man comic mm, yeah, yeah was, i, I had a blast fun. with this i don't think it's a great spider-man comic i think yeah. it's just a, a very fun time 
Like, yeah. I, I had a blast with it, but, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, listen, <laughs> Spider-Man is one of the best, like... Yeah. It's not even one of the best Spider-Man, co- Spider-Man comics. And so, and so, like, it's not fair, but, like, it pairs in comparison to Spider-Verse, which is basically the same idea for the story. But, like, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, there's, there's no threat here. There's no bigger moment of, you know... No, like, like kind a, of Mysterio, but not really. Or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah. No, I, I don't think this is, you know. And honestly, you know, its its purpose was probably to try to like cement Miles, right? Like you can see, like I think there's, yeah, there's probably maybe. an editorial point of being like, we, but you know, we want to get don't people think to like that. It's needed that. Like, oh, I think there are probably, probably people reading this. No, I, I, I uh, mean, I don't. For, for especially for people who aren't reading Ultimate Comics, Spider Man, right? Like, I, I bet this was big into like getting people into. Um, Miles, right? Like, because you, you know, okay. if you're just reading Maybe. Peter Parker and you're like, yeah, I heard about. It. There's a new one, you know. There's a new Spider-Man yeah. over there. I'm not like that interested. Um, but which I like... get, right? Like, even if you're not like, you know, doing it for <laughs> for being racist, uh, you yeah. Know, like, they introduce new versions of legacy characters all the time, and like most of the time, I'm like. Meh. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll check it out. I don't know. I United think like where where it felt for me was also mm-hmm. like. Um, and in the lack of focus on Miles, which is this is in Spider-Man, it's the first time uh, Miles is meeting um, MJ, um, Gwen and Aunt May, mm-hmm. but we don't see them actually interact. And May sure. and yeah. Gwen react to him being Spider-Man because the focus is entirely on Peter being the, here. And I was very excited on seeing what we, what it would look like uh, when Miles met uh, May and Gwen for the first time. And True. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't really happen, and I'm kind of disappointed. Like, it feels... I don't know. It feels like a m- bit of a missed opportunity, and I... It to- totally is, totally. Is. Yeah, but yeah. It, especially, like, they set it up in Ultimate Comics Player. Yeah. Like, they find out in France. They're in France. In France, <laughs> um, exactly. No good Fran- French content there, unfortunately. No. <laughs> no, uh, no snobby-looking Frenchmen going... We see the Eiffel Tower, like... because everywhere in France you can see the Eiffel Tower, you right. suppose. Um, well, listen... Charlotte, some people live in Paris. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a pretty cool city. And just because you live uh-huh. in some oh, backwater... Yeah, everywhere in Paris, you can see the Eiffel Tower. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> um, the uh, What was I going to say? Yeah, no, they, they start setting it up in the like the main series. And then you're right. Yeah. Like, totally. But I think I was just kind of on board. So, uh, no, and, I, like, get and I, I get like, that. I like the reactions. Of, like, <laughs> the, like the, the funny thing is that people just keep being like... This is offensive, dude. <laughs> to Spider-Man, like to Peter Parker, like yeah, um, which, which they've fun. been doing with Miles too. Which I like that joke with Miles when Miles was wearing it and being like, "This is in bad taste." But like Peter Parker yeah. saves a woman who's being robbed at a convenience store, and she's still just like, uh, she mentions, yeah, she's, she's like, wearing, like "Thanks, Spider-Man man." But what like, a suit, though. I'm or- I'm I'm honoring him in a dot 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 normal, normal. way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah, in the um, but Gwen, Gwen and uh, Aunt May's reaction <laughs> to him showing up, which is like pissed and starts swearing, and Aunt May slaps him, and then Gwen starts just like kicking him in the ribs. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> just start beating up on this guy. I think that was very funny to me. Uh, I like I like the two of them, their like relationship, and when they like gang. That's up, the uh, only thing where I wish, in spite of us, the movie, we would see Aunt May just beating Peter B. Parker's. <laughs> To no, ground. see, because I don't, I don't actually like that. That Aunt May uh, is not my fave in Spider Verse. The oh, like, I love it. I love Spider Verse. The, the badass, like, uh, you know, she's yeah. like playing the Alfred role and just being like, I was wondering when you were going to show up. Ugh, I didn't like that. I want my Aunt May frail and, and uh, on the, on verge, the verge of death. Of death. Yeah. Always. <laughs> uh, and when she, if she slaps someone, it should be a big deal, and she should break some bones in her hands. <laughs> Every time she slaps somebody. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I had a blast with this, but like, I t- totally understand <laughs> where you're coming from. Because, uh, yeah. I, I bet, you know, honestly, I bet people are I mean, surprised. It, it is fun. I feel like. Oh, sorry. If, it is fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's a fun time. <laughs> I bet if people had, uh, if we had asked people to bet, like, which one of us would have walked away being like, this was great. And yeah. which one would be like, um, I wish it had some more substance to it. Like, yeah. <laughs> 95% of people would have flipped <laughs> yeah. flipped this. Um, all right. So next time on My Ultimate Year, we've got five episodes left. Next is episode yep. 30, and we are reading a an event called Divided We Fall, United We Stand, which is very annoying to me uh, that they just were like, you know what's fun? 
why don't we just reverse the order of the phrases? <laughs> like, what a stupid thing to do. I don't know anything about this event, but, like... And also, like, why, we why wouldn't... I mean, I, yeah, I don't know anything either, but it sounds like it could just have been called Ultimate Civil War. That's oh, well, what, that too. No, like, I'm, just, no, I'm saying because it's, like, the phrase is United We Stand, Divided We Fall. And they're just like, and that's let's let's oh, get a little let's be a little Joker with this one, and let's say divided <laughs> we fall, united we stand. Like it doesn't even change the meaning; it's just reversing the <laughs> the cadence of the phrase. Um, it's yeah. very dumb to me, but maybe that's like uh, how it plays out in the comic. Maybe they fall divided, and then they have to stand united. Anyway, I don't know anything about it, um, but there is nope. a it's uh, it's X Men, it's Ultimates, and it's Spider Man. Weaving in and out of each other, the reading order is... There's a link in the um, the spreadsheet. I'll put the link in the show yep. notes as well. Uh, that leads to Comic Book Herald if you want the exact order to read them in. And uh, it might be on Marvel Unlimited, though I'm not sure. They they sometimes have these events like in their proper order. So yeah. Give it a look, but if not, it's uh, it's in the show notes. And on Comic Book Herald, you can find the, um, the, the order to read the comics. Because it weaves in and out. It's like one issue of X-Men, two issues of Spider-Man, two issues of Ultimate, something like that. So. Yeah. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you all so much for listening. By Divine Right does our theme song, um, reviews on Apple Podcasts, tell a friend, and head over to Patreon to support us, all those things. Uh, you can find Charlotte at Fiero Charlotte on Twitter. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at My Marvelous Year, or you can find both of us in the Slack. Um, and I think that's Ultimate Gonna Do It. That's the Ultimate Gonna off. Do It. That's good. That. That's ultimate. I like that. Ultimate gonna do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Adios hey, amor. <laughs> oh, God. I